Hello and welcome to the Victorious Living Christian Counseling Podcast. Victorious Living is not only a dream, but a real possibility through Jesus Christ. My name is Crystal Ridlin, and I'm a licensed mental health counselor in the state of Indiana, and I'm a licensed professional counselor in the state of Missouri and in the state of Texas. The purpose of this podcast that God has put on my heart to start and um, each week I'm in prayer about different topics that I can share with you. It's an extension of what God has called me to do in the office with clients. And so my lucky listeners get to actually just get a taste of what I do with my clients on a regular basis and how God is leading them through the Victorious Living Counseling office to help them find healing and purpose and meaning and peace and joy in their everyday lives. And so today we're going to talk about a a popular topic, anxiety. And this is a universal problem. We all have anxiety. In fact, if we look at social media or the news or the newspaper or even have a conversation with an acquaintance in the grocery store today, that we're finding out that the topics of the day are political tensions, coronavirus, um, supply chain issues. There is stress, my friends, and it is all around us, and we can't escape it. One of the saddest pieces of this is how it's impacting our church and our families and our communities. It's it's making friends, enemies. It's creating tension and huge drifts between family members. And I've even heard, and I hate to even say this, but it's so true, it's splitting churches. The tension of our culture today is splitting cultures. And so it's so sad, friends. There's just so much stress in our world today, and we can't escape it. And so what can we do? How can we deal with the anxiety? Because even though we have these big things that we have very little control over, like the pandemic and the political culture and all of these big things, what we do have control over is how can we handle the anxiety personally? And how can we ensure that we're focusing on God in the midst of these very difficult times. And one other thing I want to point out is just when we look at the world, there is stress. Every time we turn on the news, every time like it's around us, there's these big things going on. But there's also very personal things that are going on in your life. And this is why counselors have waiting lists. It's because the pandemic, I believe, has boiled to the top deep-rooted issues that have been under the surface for many, many years that have just been, you know, lingering. And now with everything else, it's just the body has nowhere to, the, the soul is not able to, to comprehend and to process fully everything that's going on. And so I, I use this analogy when with clients often is, I want you to think about a volcano and inside of this volcano is the lava and the lava is being like stored up 
And every time we push down our, our struggles, our anger, our hurts, our sadness, our fear, and we suppress it and we push it down, eventually there's no more room to push it down. And so the only thing that can happen is an explosion. And that explosion is portrayed in the idea of like, it comes out in depression and it comes out in anger and it comes out in anxiety. And, but somehow it's got to come out because that's what it is. And so it's so much better for us to just go in with a, with a trusted counselor and to be able to process these things individually. So we have things from our childhood that are there, hurts from our childhood, traumas from our childhood. People have bullying situations where they've dealt with tough stuff that they've never processed and it's still there. And then when you just continue through life and more and more and more difficulty and trials and we keep just pushing it into our soul, our volcano, and eventually has nowhere to go. And that's usually when people come to see me because they can't handle it anymore on their own. Their volcano, their soul is exploding and they're overwhelmed and they're anxious. And sometimes I have it where people can't even come out of their house because they're so afraid. And, and so anxiety is a real problem. And one thing I want to point out is that, and this is what I've found as a, as a counselor, I've seen this like 99% of the time. Typically depression is a result of unmanaged anxiety. Okay. Typically depression is the result or the symptom of unprocessed anxiety or unmanaged anxiety. Let me explain this more. Basically, anxiety is a high intensity emotion. Whenever we're anxious, the brain sends out adrenaline, epinephrine, all these what I refer to as sad messengers into our body. And our heart races and Sometimes we feel pressure in our chest. We can get to where we feel like it's hard to breathe. We can feel hot. We can feel cold. These are like panic type symptoms. But anxiety is a very high stress, high energy emotion. So eventually what happens is the body creates this like, I'm so tired of feeling so anxious because it, 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 um, it takes a lot of extra energy to maintain anxiety symptoms. And then the body moves into what's like a hopeless or an apathetic or a numb place. And this is when depression takes root. Okay. So when people come to see me, I assess for anxiety and I just, and I assess for where they're at on a depression scale. And typically if they have pretty intense anxiety, I don't think I've ever seen it where they didn't have depression as well. Because that's just a natural progression that I've noticed in my office. And so what I want to do is help you guys to learn how to handle anxiety. And when we start to handle and treat the anxiety, the depression subsides. It's pretty neat. So I'll tell people, like, you have a severe depression. But we're going to handle it the same way we're going to handle the anxiety. We're going to deal with the negative thoughts. We're going to deal with the the panic attacks. We're going to begin um, capturing these things. The Bible says that we are to to cap to take all thoughts captive and make them obedient to Christ. 
And so that's what we're going to talk about today. Anxiety. Steps for conquering our anxious thoughts. Okay. So I'm going to give these to you in steps and I want you to write them down if you can, because this is actually something that I use with my clients and I give this to them often to just take home with them and work through. So the first step is stop. When, when you have a negative thought that comes up, let's give an example. Um, well, one time I was actually so stressed out. It was my daughter's birthday and I wanted it to be super special. And I had all done all these special things. I had ordered a, a pug cake that a friend was making because she loves pugs and um, all these special pug presents. And I was going to take her lunch as well to her school. And I was running late because I was trying to get the house clean because we had people coming over and I was doing all these things. And all of a sudden, this defeating thought came in, like, you're a bad mom. You can't get anywhere on time. You're going to ruin her birthday. And immediately, I was like, well, wait a minute. Like, I'm not a bad mom. Like, I'm a good mom. The fact that I'm doing all this is for her because I love her. And so if I'm a few minutes late with her Chick-fil-A lunch, that's okay. Like, right? So I was able like immediately it came and I stopped and I thought about it and I'm like, huh, this is a defeating thought. This is not from God. This is straight from Satan. And so, um, but so you stop whenever the thought comes, I want you to stop, give the fearful thoughts words, just like I did. I'm not a bad mom, right? I spoke back to the negative thought in my head, not in a crazy sort of way, but a I'm not a bad mom. I'm a good mom, right? So state the fear out loud to yourself, a parent, a spouse, a trusted friend, a counselor, or write it in a journal, okay? Anytime somebody comes to see me, they are told to, to get their journal ready, a therapy journal. I'm like, this is going to be your second best friend. Your first best friend is God in the Bible. And your second best friend is going to be your therapy journal. Because I want you to begin writing down these negative thoughts. Because the only way we can replace them is by stopping, pausing for a moment, gathering our things, think about our thinking, and then write those negative thoughts down. Okay? So a, a scripture that goes with this is 2 Corinthians 10.5. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Okay? So this is hard because you've, you've got a well-grooved neuropathway in your brain that says, go to anxiety. Allow these negative thoughts to come up. And rarely have we challenged them. It's so often for me to hear a client say to themselves, well, I'm an idiot. And I don't allow them to say that. Like, I'm not mean about it, but I'm like, oh, wait, let's let's go back. And I want you just said what to yourself? And they're like, oh, I said I was an idiot. How did that make you feel? And they're like, I don't know. I do it all the time. And I'm like, my guess is it's probably making you feel pretty bad and you may not know it. So let's try to capture that thought because you're not an idiot. You're, you're doing great things. You're here getting help. And, I, and I'll point out some amazing things that they're doing in their life. And I want to be a voice that 
it goes against the grain of what Satan is trying to fuel into to my clients' minds and into my minds and into your minds. I want to teach us how do we listen to God? How do we listen to the voice of God? Okay. And so these steps will help us get there. Okay. Step number two, build awareness. Rather than repressing, avoiding, or distracting yourself from the fearful thought, allow it to come up. You now have the necessary tools to conquer the misbelief. The thought is only scary if we allow it to stay dormant in our system where it's just laying there and being a poison to us. Once we are aware of it, we bring it into the light. There's a scripture that talks about bringing into light darkness. And once we bring it into the light, it loses the sin, the, the brokenness, the bondage begins to lose its power because now it's in the light. So you don't have to be afraid of it. You don't have to be afraid of the negative thoughts because through Christ and through these steps, we have the tools that we need to conquer these negative beliefs that are constantly Satan's using to lead us astray. So a verse that goes with this is Isaiah 41.10. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will hold you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Friends, God's got us. We are we belong to him. And he desperately wants for us to have peace and joy. And he doesn't want us to be bogged down by these negative thoughts that Satan is constantly barraging us with. And so let's stop repressing it. Let's stop distracting ourselves from these things and let's face them. Okay, that's the biggest thing is we have to fight the enemy. I think a lot of times we just surrender and we don't realize that it's just going to get worse and it's going to get worse and it's going to get worse. I remember one time I had a client who I knew what was going on. She kind of pulled back from therapy and um, wasn't active all of a sudden in therapy. And I knew that she that Satan was just attacking her. And so I stayed in kind of contact with, with her as much as I could. But when she came back, she was in a much rougher place. And um, she just had told me like, hey, I'm, in, I'm feeling worse than I was. And I said, the only thing worse than the fighting is the giving up. And that was when the tears broke. And she's like, you're right. Friends, the only thing worse than the fighting is the giving up. Never give up because we have the strength through Christ. I can do all things through, through Christ who strengthens me. In our own power, we can't fight the enemy. That's why God sent the Savior, Jesus Christ, to die on a cross for our sins so that we can have hope in a world that's difficult. Okay? So, step three. Speak the truth over the misbelief. So instead of, I'm a bad mom, just like I did, I said, whoa, I am not a bad mom. Like, I love my daughter, 
and I want her birthday to be so special today. I want her to know how much I cherish her. And so I'm doing all of these things to be a good mom. And man, what I would have done and been thankful to have a mom who would have done that for me. And immediately the power of the misbelief was gone. And I'm like, okay, let's just finish getting ready so I can get that Chick-fil-A to her school. And it was late and she had already gotten her tray. But man, the Chick-fil-A nuggets were way better than the school nuggets. Trust me, she had no problem pushing that other tray to the side and eating up her Chick-fil-A. So that's how we conquer those things. We speak the truth over the misbelief. I want you to ask yourself when you speak the truth, is this a real threat or a perceived threat? Am I an imminent danger? Is there definite evidence to prove the fear? Okay, so what this means is, I'm going to give you an example of a time when I, when I had this happen to me. I was at a Christian counseling conference. It was several years ago, and they kept saying, there are over 7,000 Christian counselors in this room. And I'm looking around and I'm like in awe of like all these Christian counselors that are surrounding me. And all of a sudden, remember, Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And he wants to steal our joy. And he wants to steal our ability to focus on God. And he was going to try it at the conference that I love to attend every year. Um, and so he immediately is like, as soon as they said that, there was this thought that came in. What if a shooter came in? What if somebody came in with a gun and started shooting up the place? Now, here's the thing. That could have actually happened, right? Because let's face it. every We're turning on the news. We know that there are school shootings. We know that, you know, there have been some grocery shootings. Um, but I had to stop and I had to think through it. Thankfully, I was able to do this, and I was able to move through it pretty quickly, and then my favorite worship band, Mercy Me, came on, and I was able to just worship God and not be afraid, but let me tell you how I got there. Immediately when the thought came, I felt my heart constrict, I suddenly felt anxious, and I thought to myself, is there a shooter in the building? Is there any evidence to prove the fear? And I looked around, I'm like, no. Do I hear anybody yelling or screaming or being afraid? No. Has there been any announcements that there is an active shooter in the hotel? No. Okay. Where am I going to go if I die? I'm going to go to heaven. So I don't have to worry. What's going to happen to my kids if I'm gone and they're left here? God's got them. And so then I made a decision to just let it go and worship my Savior. And I ended up having a great night, and I just loved hearing Mercy Me in person. It was amazing, okay? So that's a process of how we need to challenge those thoughts instead of just letting them own us, okay? Another way that this happens is sometimes people have a fear, and this is when we get into, like, obsessive-compulsive disorder. It's it's confusing because a lot of people think that it's just washing your hands crazily all the time and um, locking the doors 15 times, 30 times. 
But actually, OCD is much more involved, and it's probably something I'm going to talk about soon. But sometimes with OCD, people suddenly have this fear that they're going to do something they don't want to do. Okay? So with OCD, what ends up happening is there is a a way that Satan uses these thoughts, and what we call them is intrusive thoughts. It could be something like, um, well, this is actually one. They could actually think they're so afraid of killing somebody that they actually think so in depth about it. Like, oh, I don't want to kill anybody. I just don't want to kill anybody. And so they begin to like, but they don't want to kill anybody. It's just a thought that's there. Does that make sense? And the way it shows up with um, the... uh, like washing the hands as they have this obsessive fear of germs. Like there's these germs and they're going to get into my body and they're going to make me sick. And so I have to wash my hands. And so every time they wash their hands, the the goal is that it's going to subside the fear. It's going to take away the fear and yet it doesn't. Right. And so it becomes this perpetual pattern, this spiral that's out of control. And then the more they wash their hands, the more afraid they are. And so what we want to do is begin like decreasing the amount because every time that I I call it a bully. So the thoughts are like a bully. And every time we give into the bully, what happens? Like we give the bully our lunch money one day, he comes back and asks for more the next day. And he keeps doing it until we stand up to him and say, no, no more. I'm not giving you my lunch money. I'm not washing my hands 500 times in a day. I'm going to wash my hands at normal healthy times and not allow this fear to rule my life okay so in this case i want you to ask yourself do i really want to do this or is this just a fearful and defeating thought okay will this fear actually happen or is it a what if right so another way that we do this is through what ifs pretty much i tell my clients if you have a thought that starts with a what if you can pretty much 99% of the time assume that it's from Satan because I'd be like, what if you get coronavirus? What if you, um, and I'm not dismissing coronavirus. So I've had coronavirus. It was awful. I know that it's scary, but it's a very real fear that people have right now to a point that they're maybe not even functioning. And so that's not healthy, right? So we have to keep that fear in check, so to speak. And um, it could be like, what if I get fired at my job? And what if, you know, my husband gets in an accident on the way home from work tonight? Those are what ifs, right? All they're doing is deceiving us into making us feel afraid. And so we need to be able to capture that what if and be like, okay, well, if it happens, God's got me. I'm going to be okay. And, and be able to challenge it and process it through. So a verse um, that goes with this is John eight forty four. You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Okay, so ask yourself, is Satan trying to deceive me? 
Is Satan trying to defeat me? And then speak back to him. Say, whoa, no, you're not welcome here. Like, I'm going to focus on God. I'm going to focus on the truths of his word. Okay, step four. Which part of the fearful thought or misbelief is a partial truth? This is huge, okay? What happens is Satan doesn't get very far when he taunts us or um, uses thoughts that aren't accurate. For example, I have no desire to smoke cocaine. It's not something I've ever wanted to do. I don't want to do drugs. I've got this like, yeah, I don't want to do drugs. And so that's not a common thought that Satan puts into my head. Like he's not like, and if he does, I'm like, yeah, whatever. I'm just like, it's just so easy for me to push aside. But for some people, that is their, that is their thorn in the flesh, right? Substance abuse. And so, um, but for me, the things that hurt is when he says, Crystal, you're a, you're a fake. You're a fraud. Crystal, you're a bad mom. Like, you're a bad wife. Like, you're a bad counselor. These are things that I start to get, hmm, what? I don't like those things, okay? The partial truth is I'm not perfect. I'm not Jesus at all. And I make mistakes and I sin every single day. And I know because I live with myself. I live with my own thinking. I live with my heart. And sometimes when I should be playing outside with my daughter, I'm in the in the kitchen um, sitting at the table on my phone. And God's like, hey, you should probably put your phone down and go play with your daughter. And that's how God speaks to me, right? Satan says, you're a bad mom. Look at you. You're just not even playing with your daughter. You're just playing on your phone. That just makes me feel terrible. Does that make sense? So where is Satan trying to defeat you? And step four, which we said earlier, was which part of the fearful thought is a misbelief or a partial truth? I want you to begin pulling out the partial truths, right? So like, what if my husband gets in an accident on the way home from work? That could happen. We, we're we not promised our husbands tomorrow, our loved ones tomorrow. And so it is a possibility. But then we have to process it through and say, you know what? My husband's a safe driver. Like, God's got him. I'm going to pray for him. And I'm going to give that to God. Because the, the, the fact is that, like, I've been married 20 years. And... Thankfully, that's not been something that's happened. It's happened to many of you. Um, But then what happens is we just start worrying about it happening all the time because we're trying to foresee the future and we can't see the future. We don't know what's going to happen, but God does. And so we can just rest and know that we don't have to worry about that because God's already there. And Matthew, it says, do not worry about the troubles about tomorrow. We have enough troubles of our own today. And so we're to pray through those in the moment. So step five, identify the source of the misbelief. Does this thought come from the devil? Where does this thought ultimately come from? Okay, this is a big part. 
we need to identify the source of our thinking. The problem with anxiety and depression is we're not challenging the thoughts. We're just allowing them to own us, right? And the same way with our trauma. When we have trauma, like my daughter had a medical trauma. I've talked about that in past podcasts. She had a medical trauma this past summer. And after that, we both became fearful that she would get sick again. Or like, even when I ended up going to my conference, she's like, what if something happens to you and you don't come home? This was never a real thought she had before this. And then afterwards, it was a thought that she had. And so I'm like, honey, I can't promise her that I'm going to come home. Like, I'm going to say, you know what? God's in control. And I'm going to do everything in my power to come back to you. And I know that, you know, I'm with you in my heart and I call you every day, right? Like there are things that I can do to reassure her. So that's what we need to do. Um, Identify the source of the misbelief. Where is this thought coming from? Is it coming from the devil? Okay. And the verse that goes with this is John 10, 10. The thief comes only to steal and to kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Friends, if we're living in fear, we're not really living. We're just, we're trapped in a place of fear. And that's right where Satan wants us to be. And so the best thing we can do is to worship God through these fears and to say, God, I trust you. I know that you have my life, my daughter's life, that you have this world in your hands and you're not going to let us go. And because what Satan wants to do is steal our joy. He wants to make us so afraid that we don't have joy or abundant life because he knows when we're living abundantly that we're being lights for the kingdom, for Jesus. We're building God's world, and he don't want that. So I want you to to think about that, okay? So is Satan stealing your joy? Because if if we can say that Satan, Satan is stealing our joy, we need to have a fight with Satan and say, back away, Satan. I told my kids this all the time when they were little. Like, say, back away, Satan. My heart belongs to Jesus. Step six. Pray. Give the thought to God. Tell Satan, back away, Satan. My heart belongs to Jesus. Put Satan in his place. James 4, 7 says, submit yourself to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Friends, if we have Christ in our hearts, when we say flee, Satan has to go. Because darkness and light can't reside in the same place. So when we say, Satan, back away, and then we start worshiping God, Satan goes. Okay? Start praising him. Turn on worship. Start reading scripture. Quoting scripture out loud. Satan doesn't like that. Okay? The last verse, or the last step is step seven. Praise God for the good things in your life. Okay? Praise God for the blessings that you have in your life. You may be going through the hardest trial of your life. Trust me, my daughter's medical trauma this summer was the hardest thing I have ever dealt with. And yet she's doing amazingly well today. And so 
What's beautiful about this is that even during the hard times, even during the really scary times, there was beauty. The way that my daughter and I were able to connect through this experience was beautiful and I cherish it. It brought us closer and there's been other times where like I've had other kids in the hospital and God used that to bring us closer. God uses tragedy for good. He uses things that are scary for good. And so, but every day we can wake up, we can see the sun rise, the sun set. We can, there is good around us. Okay, so I want you to praise him for the good things in your life. Thank him for the shelter over your head. Thank him for the Bible study that you're able to sit in and, and learn about God. Thank him for your spouse. Thank him for your family members. Thank him that he never leaves us or forsakes us. And finally, this is what I want you to do. This is what I tell every single client who's struggling with anxiety. Memorize Philippians 4, 6, and 7. I memorized this when I was in high school, and I've never regretted it. It comes to me just when I need it all the time to help myself, to help my family members, and to help clients and friends. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything with prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Friends, that's what we want. We want a peace that surpasses all understanding. And the only way we can have that is to fight the anxiety battle with scripture, with the Holy Spirit, and to begin getting into the Word of God, to be attending a God-fearing church, to be surrounded by God-fearing people, to worship Him, to praise Him for the good, and to have regular, honest conversations with Him because He already knows what we're afraid of. In fact, He knows the very reason we're afraid of Him. God knows us and He loves us completely. And God wants us to have an abundant life and not a life filled with fear and anxiety. So I hope that this was helpful for you today. And um, I'm just going to say a quick prayer. Lord, Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, that you love us so much that you sent your son, Jesus, to give us hope in a world that is so hard. And Lord, right now it feels like it's harder than it's ever been before with the pandemic and the political tension and um, just so many things that are bombarding us, Lord. And then in our everyday life, we're constantly dealing with, with sick family members or um, lost jobs, um, conflict in relationships. Lord, help us to take our eyes off of those things and look to you. Because in you, we find grace. In you, we find love. We find joy. We find peace. Lord, help us to, to have a desire to be more and more like you. Lord, that we will look to you and your son for our hope and for our fulfillment. And Lord, help those who are struggling with anxiety to, to be able to learn to fight it not to just surrender to it, not to just stay in their house and say, it's scary out there. I've been there and I know that feeling. 
But Lord, I also know that there's so much joy outside the walls, Lord, that Satan has bound up for us. There's joy on the other side. There's grace and there's laughter. And Lord, I just pray that you will you will prick the hearts of those listening today, especially those who may be listening who don't know you. Lord, that you will work in their heart in a special way and help them to see their need for you, for your son, Jesus, their savior. Lord, I just thank you for this platform to be able to share about what you've done in my life and the lessons that you're teaching me and the joy that you feel inside of me every day. Lord, thank you for all you do. And thank you for your son, Jesus. Amen. Friends, I hope that you have a wonderful week. And I hope that um, you're able to fight the anxiety that you feel this week with scripture. And that these steps will help you to fight the anxiety that, that you're experiencing in your life. God bless. Bye.